Yes, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to the Rugby Muscle Podcast or YouTube channel, however you're watching or listening. It's great to have you here. Today, as you can see in the top corner, we are going to discuss what tools you need to get faster for rugby. I think this is going to be an eye-opening episode for a lot of you because this is something that I get asked a fair bit and it's we're going to dive right into it, but also kind of ramp. So before we do get into the discussion of what tools we need, I do think that there is a place to just introduce like getting faster for rugby. Why would we want to do it, right? Because I do think there are so many people that watch this stuff and they watch rugby and they come onto the Rugby Muscle YouTube channel and they think, okay, I'm training for rugby. I want to get big. I want to get yacked. I want to get strong. I want to be powerful. I just want to be massive. You know, that's what's going to make me a better player. And speed, you kind of either have it or you don't. Now, dismiss that argument in a second. But first and foremost, you want, like being fast for rugby is probably one of the most effective tools that you can have in your locker. You look at Lewis Rees Samet, you look at Will Jordan, the amount of tries that they score purely because they are rapid is ridiculous. Now they're on a different level of rapid, right? But there's no reason that you can't do that for your relative level. They score so many tries just because they are so much faster than their opposition. And that like it makes it them uh, as just literally just as players, complete game changers. It changes how they are able to play the game. It changes how their team can play because they've got such a huge weapon in their speed. Not just that though, but getting a high level of speed can not just isn't just for wingers. It can also be for hookers, for every player, right? I said hookers because I looked at Dane Coles there, who is also rapid, and he is like becomes world class because of his speed. He is solid in many areas and plays really well, but his speed allows him to operate at an even higher level. Same thing applies to Sam Simmons, who is a like world-class number eight and maybe wouldn't even be in the conversation for world-class number eight if it wasn't for his speed yes he's strong over the ball but he carries really strong he hits really hard he plays really well a lot of that is because of his speed that allows him to carry so hard because he is rapid then you look at guys or, or particularly you look at Antoine Dupont who is probably if not the best scrum half in the world like maybe even the best player in the world right now in the last couple of years he, yeah, you, know, you don't think about his his speed when you look at him play. You think about how intelligent he is, about how he reads the game, about how he's also really strong and people can't seem to bring him down. But he's also rapid. Watch some of his tries and his support lines that he runs. He skins opposition to get there, and he's able to be the player he is because of the speed that he has developed and because of how fast he is. Now, all of these guys are rapid, but I think a really good example we have to go back a few years and we'll look at Mike Brown. Mike Brown, when he first came on the scene for England, was a good player. He was a solid player. He was a solid fullback. But people questioned whether he was actually fast enough to be an international fullback. Like that was genuinely what people were asking at the time when he came onto the scene. Um, they thought that was his glaring weakness. He went away from his club, not like he left his club, like he just went to a different coach to purely work on his speed. And it paid off. He, like over the course of a year or two, all of a sudden transformed his game and, and was not just a steady Eddie, but scored a load of tries and was was a really good player because he then was able to use his speed as an attacking weapon and as a defensive like uh, weapon as well to get him out of jail sometimes to, to make uh, good tackles. But 
like he added speed to his game. He wasn't fast to begin with. Like, I mean, maybe he was, but relatively, right? He wasn't relatively fast as a fullback. He then became fast, like legitimately fast because of the work he put in. So it isn't just you were born with it. You can put in the work and you can get faster. The problem I then see from a lot of rugby players is this mindset of, or oh, I've either got to work my speed or I've got to work my strength. You know, it does not have to be one or the other. Not just because like strength in general does not take away from your speed. Going to the gym, I've got a commenter that regularly comments on this channel says about, you know, you got to get out of the gym because rugby is all about speed. Going to the gym does not slow you down. Building muscle, like, like unless you're in the top 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 point zero zero one percent of people that are trying to like work on their speed, building muscle is not going to slow you down. It's the time that it takes to do these things. More often than not, a lot of people that are just only working their strength don't want to sacrifice you know their fourth or fifth gym session to work on their speed. Likewise, if people that are only working their speed don't want to sacrifice one extra session to go and do their strength. You don't need as much of the volume to either of these things that you probably think that you need, right? It's easy to get strong. It's also easy to get fast if you keep things simple, particularly for the level of just continual improvement as an amateur rugby player. It's not that hard, right? It just needs dedicated work. The other thing for speed is that it's actually going to help you stay fitter. A lot of people don't think this, but if you're already operating faster, if you already improve your speed by like, you know, two kilometers an hour, that become your top end speed becomes two kilometers an hour faster. When you're then operating at a lower speed, that's a smaller percentage of your top end speed, which means you're not working as hard, which means that your drop off isn't actually as bad because your top end is just that much higher, right? So if you think like, if you say in bolt, was to play in a game, like maybe he would be able to maintain, like even if he was knackered, a faster speed than most people on that pitch could ever get up to, right? Usain Bolt, probably a terrible example because he's really old and doesn't play rugby. But you get the point. Maybe I could have used, what was it, Dwayne Chambers that made a, a rugby appearance a couple of times. Anyway, I've, you don't need any more examples. You don't need me waffling on anymore. You understand at this point that like yes you can put in some speed work it's not going to take away from your strength work you can do both of these things and be fine so then the question comes okay what can i do in a gym to get faster this is not your solution i could be like nuanced and say you know there are different things that you can do and getting stronger can still help you get faster which is definitely true but you're not, you're not getting stronger for the purpose of getting faster. You're getting stronger for the purpose of getting stronger because getting stronger is a good thing for rugby. There are so many things that you can do in the gym to help your rugby. And there are also so many ways that you can get faster that have nothing to do with the gym. So I don't think if you're someone that wants to improve your speed, going to the gym is really the solution, right? Like I say, it can help. It can be something that you can use, but it's not why you're in the gym. You're not using, you're not doing hip thrusts like with the sole purpose of getting faster. And even if you are, science by this point has shown that's not the solution that we all thought it could be. That it's just you need to do you need to be strong enough and then you need to work on your speed, which is not done in the gym. Even if we're looking at the use of sleds, which are becoming more and more popular in gyms these days, it's not the solution for you 
really if you want to get faster. I think these commercial gyms more and more are getting these sleds in because they look cool, because people want to do them because they look cool. That's kind of it, right? If these sleds are used properly, they can be a huge tool. They can really help your speed, particularly if you're looking for that top like 1% increase that you need to, and you're already doing everything else to really get faster. What is that everything else? I'll get into that in a sec. But the point here is that more often than not, if you're just using the, the sled to get faster, if more often than not, you're going to end up abusing it. You're probably going to end up not getting the effects that you wish you could have got. Rather, you could be doing something else that would make you much faster. I've often seen and have advised people to use dead mills if their gym doesn't have a sled. And these are, again, valuable tools. A dead mill is where you just turn off the treadmill and you use the magnetic force as a resistance. Sleds and dead mills are great tools to use for power output for high-end conditioning work where you're really trying to be as explosive as possible. But you're not necessarily trying to work on your speed just using these sleds and using these dead mills. That's more often than not, you're not going to be improving your speed unless you're doing all of the other stuff that's going to help you get faster. That could be hills for some people, maybe. But once again, it's a tool that more often than not is abused. The reason that we like to use hills or that you could use hills is because it can have a significant injury reduction effect because you're not using as much force into the ground. Because the angle is higher, it means that you can't come from down from as great a height, it means you can't apply as much force to the ground as you would do if it was flat. It also means that your hamstring isn't quite as an extended position that you know then reduces risk of your hamstring possibly tearing because you overextend. The problem I see with this argument is that you're still going to have to do this eventually in a game of rugby. So rather than you know wrap yourself up in cotton wool and protect yourself, and then when it comes to a game, all of a sudden smash into 15 other fully grown humans and hit each other as hard as you can and do all of the risks that are associated with rugby, like why not just gradually expose yourself to that risk and, and work on your actual sprint technique? The problem with the hill is that it can actually make you slower because you're changing your sprint mechanics when you run up a hill. You then apply those sprint mechanics and you're not using the full force and full extension of your body. You're not going to be faster. I I know this might be confusing to some people because you know you're always told that hill sprints are the you know they kind of have a, like a tribal effect in rugby. People love doing hill sprints with rugby. I remember once when I was told when I was a youngster in my club and my head coach who had nothing, no strength and conditioning background whatsoever, no sports science background whatsoever, said like he told me if I wanted to build my quads, I need to do some hill sprints not if i wanted to get faster but he also said that it has that as well he's like you don't want to be squatting lad you want to be sprinting up a hill as fast as you can like terrible advice absolute terrible advice doesn't build up your quads like it, it again same thing with the sleds right it can have a, a good effect if particularly if you want to go as hard as you can and you don't want to cause a fatigue that an actual sprint might cause or have that risk of injury that an actual sprint might do. Like if you're if you're really looking at that high-end power work and that high-end power conditioning work, maybe that's that's a really good place to use it. But to sprint up a hill to get faster, it's just it's just not done. Really fast people will sprint up hills and they'll stay really fast people. Slow people don't sprint up hills and then get faster. That is just not the way it works. The thing that really fast people do and that slow people never do because they're slow is just go and sprint. 
I'm not talking about sprinting and then having 20, 10 seconds rest or 20 seconds rest and being knackered the whole time. That is not sprinting. You're, you're, you're not sprinting if you're not running above like 95% of your absolute maximum speed that you can run. No, I'm talking about taking a sprint for maybe 5 to 20 meters at most. You would just start and you would sprint. Or you could do a flying start. So you would jog into that and you would sprint as far as you can for 5 to 10 to maybe 20 meters. That's it. That is as simple as sprinting needs to be. And the problem is, is that most people are asking me how to get faster in the gym or they're asking me like what sleds they can use and doing all these different things. And what they haven't done is just gone out and sprinted. This was by far the most dramatic improvement I ever had in my speed when I played rugby was when I went out consistently twice a week and I just found a field that was actually opposite my house at the time. I just went out and I practiced sprints twice a week and I saw a significant increase in my speed because I was just sprinting and yes my mechanics improved and yes I did do a little bit of research on the mechanics I want I want to create when I'm sprinting I was thinking about my top end speed I'm thinking about driving up keeping my body upright I'm thinking about driving my knee up as high as I can and pulling my heel into my butt and driving it in that comes from specific drills that I'm not going to get into in this video same thing for acceleration I was really thinking about like leaning forward with my hips not just allowing my body to bend at the hips. I was thinking about projecting my shin forward to propel me forward to accelerate me at a fast speed. But I was out sprinting twice a week. And I was thinking about that a little bit, but more the, the biggest effect that it had was that the fact that I was out there sprinting twice a week. And it wasn't, it didn't take anything like crazy. Over time, I would mix up my starting positions. I did some bounding. I did different drills to warm up to help me think, think about the positions. And then I just sprinted and then I just kept doing it. More often than not, people that aren't as fast as they need to be and want to improve their speed have never done consistent sprint work for like six to 12 weeks at a time. If you do this, you will see significant improvements in your speed. People will love to overthink this and they'll love to overcomplicate how this works. But going out and sprinting for this amount of time for, you know, on a consistent basis, these sessions don't have to last any longer than like 30 minutes, including a warm-up. You just warm up well, you go out and you sprint and you take a significantly rest in between each sprint. That is how you get faster. If you've never done that before, do that first. Then look at all the different nuances of the different drills that you can do and everything else like that, the different things that you can do in the gym. Don't even worry about it. Just go out and sprint and watch yourself get significantly faster over time. Allow yourself to have the time to get faster yes you can use other people and in fact maybe i would suggest this because it's then giving you a level of accountability it's giving you someone else to train with it's giving you more reason to take longer rest because you might just chat some breeze with your partner what instead of like you know if you're listening to music just wanted to keep going and keep that heart rate too high no if you're working on your sprinting you need to take a long rest and having a partner can help they can also help provide resistance as you can see here an old team i used to work with allowing each other to get into that forward position to help them practice their acceleration you can also have a partner hold you back and help you find the positions before sprinting they can work well you can also use a partner as competition so you can chase each other so that you don't have to worry about you know when you're in a competition you're not thinking about perfect you're competing you're thinking about sprinting and catching up your opponent or getting away from your opponent 
or matching their body position, whatever it is, right? You're not thinking about the specific nuances of running. Or, or maybe you are, but you're gradually in, introducing it so that then when you come to a game, you're able to get that much faster. Partners also work really well when we're looking at agility because agility isn't working around pre-patterned movements around specific cones where you know exactly where you're going. No, it's, it's about reacting to what your opponent is giving you. The key thing here is that if you've got someone else and you're going out and you're sprinting twice a week, you're going out and you're sprinting, right? That's that's the secret. That's the key here. And I, and I cannot keep emphasizing this enough. That's why we don't do sled work. We don't do anything crazy in the gym where we're talking about speed work. We actually just have simple sprint sessions that we have our athletes do at Ropey Muscle. If you're interested in that, you can find links in the description below. You can either sign up for Team Rugby Muscle, you can sign up for Kickoff, or you can sign up for Rugby Muscle Elite one-on-one coaching. The links for that stuff will be in the description below. Whilst you're down there, let me know. Do you do sprint work? Do you do work in the gym to try and get faster? Have you ever spent 6 to 12 weeks consistently working at your speed? And if you have, what have you found? If you haven't, why not? Or how often has it been until you drop off? Are you finding that speed is something that you do need to improve as part of your strength and conditioning routine? Remember, strength and conditioning is a huge thing here. Like I've got a you know rugby physical preparation pyramid. Speed and power output is part of that. It's only in the middle, but it can have a huge effect on your rugby performance. And as long as you're taking care of everything else, there is no reason you can't at least once or maybe twice a week, but at least once a week, get out and get some quality speed work done. If you're confused at how to do that, there'll be links in the description below to have Rugby Muscle do it or for further videos for you to understand how we should be training in the gym as, as a strength and conditioning for our rugby performance. If you made it to the end of this video, I haven't asked anyone to give a like yet. So if you haven't done that already, if you've done that already on your own, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. If you haven't done that already, now's the time to do it. Click that thumbs up button. Leave a comment below, even if it's just for the algorithm. really does help out. If you are new here, consider subscribing because this channel is all about helping you as a rugby player improve your performance or you as a human improve your athletic performance that will definitely help you on the rugby pitch. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening and I'll see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.